This is the Horse Radio Network. Hey, you're listening to Adulting with Horses, the best place to be if you can't be at the barn. We are your co-hosts and equine authors, Heather Wallace and Natalie Keller-Reinert. As crazy horse girls, we don't take ourselves too seriously in the saddle or out. We celebrate the things that make us different. Join us as we talk about horses and pop culture and get a little weird in a fun way. Thank you for being a little weird with us. So the other day in the Timid Riders community, I posted a poll. And the poll was like, what are you most nervous about, right? And I guess, you know me, it was the same thing with like (laughs) the the snow versus flies and the would you rather. My brain is like, okay, what are all the things that make me nervous? I'm just going to list them. And it was like competition, jumping, trail rides, riding a new horse, falling off, X, Y, Z. And so today, in advance for our recording, I posted it to the community, to the clubhouse. And I was like, oh, this is what people have said. And everybody agrees it's the fear of falling off. And Jamie Jennings from the Horse Radio Network was like, well, isn't that like the result of all of those things? Like people are afraid of falling off as a result of jumping, competition, yes, you know, trail rides, et cetera. And I was like, okay, that makes a good point. But in my brain, I'm like, I'm not really afraid of falling off. Oh. So, yeah. What are you afraid of? And there's maybe many reasons for this. But I was like, oh, I didn't think it was like that was the core theme. But then I realized, well, maybe that is for most people and I'm just a weirdo. (laughs) I think you – well, yeah. Maybe you are and maybe you aren't because I have have, uh, encountered people before that say, well, I'm – I'm happy to jump two feet. I'm afraid to jump four feet. And I say, what's the difference between once you're jumping, it's just more airtime, right? That's literally the difference between two feet and four feet is you're in the air longer. And and no one ever really answers me satisfactorily. Just like, it's scary. I would die. So I assume that's a fear of falling off, uh, which I don't know why you would fall off if your horse jumps. So then your real fear is your horse refusing to jump, I think. (laughs) If we really boil it down, your horse refusing and you going over their shoulder. Because you don't usually fall off if the horse jumps the fence, right? Like, Not if you do it right. right. And, And nobody said, I think you should jump four feet without learning to jump three feet first. They just say, I will never do it. And to that, I reply, why? <laughs> Why not learn to do it? It's no different to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just I thought it was really interesting because I mean, and and for years I was afraid of falling, right? You know, especially coming back as an right. adult. That was my biggest fear because I didn't want to get hurt and I had my small children and my worst nightmare was falling and getting hurt and being unable to take care of them. But then it happened and it wasn't as bad as I Mm. thought. And it's a funny story. I, I will go into like ridiculous detail, but let's just say I goosed my horse. 
he bucked pretty big. I Superman <laughs> woke up to him sniffling no, me, no. you know, with like six inches of dirt on my boots and my kid running up to me. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I first of all, I can't breathe. Is anything broken? I I don't even know what's happening. And my daughter's running at me and I'm thinking I have traumatized this child for life. <laughs> and that little brat goes, oh, my God, mom, um, I found gum in the car. Can I have a piece? <laughs> And I realized the only person I was traumatizing was potentially myself. <laughs> oh, oh, you know, you know why? Because children still don't know bad things can happen, right? Well, I think that's what it until is. Something, <laughs> until something gives them that knowledge, uh, until somebody's in the hospital or they've attended their first funeral, they don't really know how that works. So they fall down and you say, hop up, you're fine you know, and you dust them off and send them back to play. So that's their expectation of you up until the point where you don't hop up and you say, honey, remember 911? <laughs> We're going to try that now. <laughs> well, and it's funny. Yeah, because you have a good point. When I was a child, I had nerves. Like I have just anxiety about a lot of things having to do with horses. Hence why I'd said you know, I have nerves about jumping in general. I think it's fun to a certain mm. point. I have nerves about going on trail rides. I love them. They're my favorite, but I, they make me nervous. I have nerves of all these things, but I never as a kid had nerves about falling off because it just wasn't reality. I figured, it, you know, it wasn't even actually on my radar. I was like, eh, well, I'll just get up if, if dust myself off or I'll bounce. I don't bounce anymore, yeah. but I can still say like, even though most people are afraid of falling, I don't think for me that's my my button. I don't think that's the the core result of why I'm a timid rider. That's interesting. I I'm a yeah. My fear is strictly falling off. I'm not. Yeah, I hate falling off. I think it sucks. I've never had a really bad fall. Uh, that's yeah, awesome. I mean, I've had nasty falls, I would say, but I've never been carted off. I've never gone to the doctor. Oh, no, me it. neither. I've never. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've just like gone, oh, that was really ugly. Oh, that is a bruise covering most of my left half of my body. Uh, <laughs> I've shown off that bruise um, to horrifying <laughs> colleagues at civilian workplaces. Battle Had to. Um, and I, yeah, I hate falling off. But uh, and my fear of falling what? off is specific to generally to big surprises, like a big spook. Because uh, I can accept it if I'm going to jump a fence and we were to come into it wrong and I screw up and go over. I can accept that. That sucks. I'll get back on. I hate being surprised in all ways forever. You really hate, do hate, hate surprises. Hate, I can't. I, I get nervous when my phone rings I can't stand surprises and so and spooking falls under that for me so my number one headspace fear of of horses in general is I hate spooking and the inability to prepare myself properly yes wait no I love <laughs> this so so no because I want I want to follow this tangent because I think for a lot of people we think it's the fear of falling but I think there's something deeper there that I want to address because 
for you, it sounds like spooking and surprises that result in falling is your thing, right? right? So, I mean, you don't love a spook, but a spook into a fall is like the worst case scenario, right? Because yes. you don't like surprises. I can handle. So surprises make you the most nervous. Yes. Right? But you don't get on thinking, oh, I'm going to fall today, right? Like, you get on, you're like, hopefully there's no surprises. Right. I get on uh, with everything in place to sort of mitigate that possibility. Where I ride, yes. when and I, I ride, what I wear when yes. I ride. And I want to go into detail about that in the next segment <laughs> for sure, because I think that's really important to to talk about. Um, well, and one thing I realized, especially after I had that fall, which that one did put me the next day I did end up going to get checked out of the hospital and I did have a couple broken ribs, but I was back on in two weeks and it wasn't that was the only fall I ever had that was resulted in like an injury besides a bruise. Um, but <laughs> I will say, too, that I have like a tendency I fall about once every two years. It's like a timeline. Yeah, I've noticed that something similar about myself. And do you feel better after you've fallen, like you've gotten it out of the way? Yes, because now I know it's not going to happen yeah, for a while. I'm exactly the same way. Once I've fallen off, I'm like, oh, thank God that's out. <laughs> right? It's like you got it out of the way. Now you don't have this ticking time bomb over mm -hmm. your head of like, hmm, it's been really good up until now. <laughs> I wonder when the hammer's going to yeah. drop. <laughs> exactly. And so, and I will say, actually, quick, funny story. My worst fall, I wasn't even on the horse. So my worst fall that actually hurt the most, I was trying to get on my pony and he was in a kid's saddle and I was showing off a little bit so I didn't use the stirrups and I swung my leg over his back and my leg got stuck because I'm not graceful. <laughs> and then it was like, mm, how do we backtrack this one without pulling a groin muscle? And so I tried to pull my leg back over and reset and I fell backwards landing on the mounting block and I had a giant I'm talking a head shaped bruise on my ass <laughs> for like three weeks oh my god I couldn't sit and I did this in front of people <laughs> oh the pony you're like I'm a badass watch me the pony just stood there he was like she does it to herself people and I kid you not like actually the last time I fell off of him it was less similar I tried to get on him bareback and I overshot him I like my balance was not centered and I literally did a header off the other oh side God. and he just stood you there. You have a tremendous amount of power in your body that you, I can't even, <laughs> no balance. I can't even get up to their withers. <laughs> I have a pony. <laughs> and you're taller than I am. So really there's no excuse. I, yeah. I'm just a mess. What can I say? <laughs> no, we're all messes, but all right. So, but, but getting back to like that core fear of falling because I can fall I'm amazing at falling. Like, I I was a dancer. I know that I don't – I'm not physically fit anymore. But, like, I know, you know, keep an eye on your horse. Use your shoulder. Tuck and roll away. You know, all that stuff. I've even, like, landed on my feet. Like, generally speaking, I'll land like a turtle. It's not great. But I know how to fall. What I'm, like, I think for me, the thing that makes me most nervous when it comes to all of these different things is – not being in control. Okay. So like if my horse were to spook, if my horse were to take off after another horse, if, you know, we're jumping and we come in wrong and I can't get my balance. Like for me, the thing I really struggle with is like letting go 
and just letting it happen. Yeah. And I don't think that's certainly not a natural response. And it's not what we're taught as horse people either. We're taught that we are in control and we should never cede control. Um, And when you talk about like your horse taking off with a group of other horses, there's, I learned to save my skin at the racetrack. And I still, to this day, if a bunch of horses take off, I dismount. I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. wait for the trouble. I learned that, you know, from riding babies at the track. It was like, is there a loose horse? All right, we're all on the ground because we're riding, you know, in these flat saddles. And basically riding a rear is about the most dangerous thing you can do in an exercise saddle. And what do baby racehorses all do when they want to take off and you tell them no? They go straight up on their hind legs. So we just dismount. If you're in a safe place and the siren goes off, just hop off and wait that out, you know. And, uh, and so I still do it. And people have done it at like boarding stables. Somebody gets, somebody gets dumped and their horse takes off. I'm floop, I'm on the ground. Natalie, what are you doing? Just catch the horse, okay? Like, I don't have time for this kind of trouble. I, I plan ahead, right? I stay in control by getting on the ground where I am in control. And I always feel, some people feel more in control in the saddle, and I feel more in control on the ground. I agree. I'm the same way as you. And I think... Setting yourself up for success, like you were saying, like taking the things you've learned. I recently went to a a competition. Actually, I went to a football game. They're terrible. My daughter's game that she cheers for because they can't take a hit. They don't know how to fall. Mm. Right. And I was like, well, does anyone train them how to fall? Because like I know I went to my trainer and I said, you need to teach me how to dismount as an emergency dismount. You need to teach me how to fall. I need to know these things so that I can prepare myself if that happens, I, that I, I know that I can handle it. I have that confidence in myself that I can handle Did it. Did you do that as an adult or as a teen? Actually, as an adult, because as a teen, I wasn't scared of anything. I remember emergency dismount being part of our lessons when I was a teen at the Mad Eventing Barn that I've told you about. Where it was just <laughs> like somebody would just shout dismount and you'd be cancerated, and just be like fling yourself off your horse. And that was everybody cheered. Um, maybe they were doing that for entertainment value. And that wasn't actually educational now that I think about it. But it's like, uh, <laughs> what is it? The chairs, the chair game where musical chairs kind of just on a galloping horse. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't break, so like you said. Um, but I, I would, I don't fall properly now, at all. And how do you fall? Like however, how? Like physically? How, like do you have a pattern? I, I usually flail a great deal. I typically land on a hip. My hips hurt all the time anyway. So what's a little more? And um, I usually try desperately until the last moment to hold on to the reins. And I've given myself some extraordinary mm. bruising that way by having the reins wrap around my arm. Um, so I, uh, I would, you can risk getting dragged that way. Yeah, I'm, I would say I'm a bad faller at this point. Maybe I was capable of it at one point, but now I'm just I'm, I'm pure instinct. And my instinct is flail and hang on. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, I like I said, my tendency, like I know how to fall, but my tendency, I usually fall to the left because 
I'm in balance that direction, mm, right? Okay. And I, if I know what to expect, like, for example, I had to jump off a rearing horse and I knew that he was going to rear. And so I used his body to like push me farther back. Yeah. But then I overestimated it as I tend to do. <laughs> and I landed on my back. Like I do tend to land on my back, but I always protect my head. So I land like lumbar first. So you like and launch that yourself my hips hate me. off the horse like uh, uh, like you're pushing off a, a rock face so that you won't splinter on the crags. You want to be far away <laughs> from the cliff. I want to be right? far from the hooves. Like that's all I want because my – and I will say I think this is an end result and not something I'd planned. But my horses stop if I fall off them. Hmm. Like it's automatic for them. So I'm not super worried about getting stepped on from my own horses like I would be for a horse I didn't know. But um, we've worked on a lot of like mirroring exercises that we've talked about before. So if I stop, they stop. Mm-hmm. And it's it's actually been pretty effective. <laughs> and I'm hoping it saves my life one day on a trail because we both know, I, you know, I'm probably about a year out from falling. Okay. So I think I might be really the timeline's ticket. Actually, yeah, I'm going to ride on soft ground for the next few weeks, just in case we stirred up any trouble. Maybe just play. Maybe yeah. Maybe just play it safe. Yeah. Maybe I'll wear some or extra practice, clothes. Practice. Practice. You know. Maybe I'll put on like a fleece vest and then maybe a coat, like a down coat, sort of simulate an air vest. That would work, right? Plus, I'll lose water weight. It could work. <laughs> you could. You could sweat it yeah. all out. So let's talk about maybe things we can do to help that fear of falling, right? Like what would set you up for success if a fall should occur? Or like what do you think would help you? Well, for me, confidence speaking, I prevent the fall by not allowing the fall to enter my mind, right? <laughs> Because we've already established denial bad at falling. I wear a very nice helmet, um, so I feel fairly confident that I will not um, destroy all of my faculties in a fall. But I would rather just prevent it, right? And so sticky, sticky, sticky pants are my number one priority. I buy silicone patterned full seats. I don't ride in knee patches. I have on occasion ridden in a pair of leggings, but... I have since stopped doing that because of my neighbors Those are being pretty slippery. weird. And uh, my horse not liking my neighbors, which is understandable. I don't like them either. Uh, so sticky pants and deep-seated saddles um, are my best friends when it comes to just sort of putting myself in the right headspace where if something goes wrong, I'm probably not going to go sailing. Fear of falling is what makes you nervous. You have these plans to take him eventing and you know he's probably going to be a little squiffy yep. and you're going to like work towards that. It's all, And I think that's the thing is like, it's all in the we can't be afraid of it. Right, right, right. Right. For me, it's Set like, yourself up for success. Yeah. What saddle am I going to have in place? I'm going to use a running martingale. Uh, I'm going to, you know, I'll be wearing a vest and a hat and he's not that tall. And so all of those things add up to when he does eventually get me on the ground, I will be padded. I will, I will have a delay because the, all of the blocks in my future saddle will have held me in <laughs> for as long as possible. 
Um, I will have a neck strap and a martingale to hang on to. Um, and so, and and the fact that he's about 14 one hands means that it's not that far. And that makes a difference. Every time I've fallen off of him, I've thought that could have been worse because he's a foot shorter than the average horse that I would ride. That makes a difference, you know? It does, but I have to say, like, because I've got a 14-2 and a 16-2, mm-hmm. right? And I've fallen off both, right? And here's the difference that I found. <laughs> With the 14-2, you're on the ground before you know what's happening. Yeah. With a 16-2, you got a little airtime to think about, okay, that's a tree. Let's avoid it, you... right? And roll or whatever. <laughs> right. So going back to how I fall versus your planning period, we may have hit a significant <laughs> problem with any potential planning I might do, which is that, oops, I'm on the ground. Oops, I'm on the ground. Because I'm only four feet up or something as it is. It's like falling off the side of a pool into the shallow end. Oh, my God, I hit the bottom. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. But I think I think that's when the muscle memory comes into play. My first fall coming back into riding, we were on a trail and the horse in front of me spooked. And so my horse spooked. And she just wasn't underneath me suddenly. And I don't remember coming off. All I remember is suddenly I rolled and stood there and I was like, stuck it. And I felt like a gymnast. <laughs> like my muscle memory from when I was a kid, from when I was a dancer, like it kind of came through. That was the last time I had a good fall. <laughs> Every time after that's been shit. But I think like it's because I don't fall as often as I did when I was a mm-hmm, kid, right? right? And if I were to fall more, or have more experience with how to fall or maybe practicing emergency dismounting or all of the above, I think I would feel better about the result of, I would feel more prepared. It's that control thing. I'd feel more prepared. Yeah. I like the idea and I have no riding lesson budget in my future, but I do like the idea of prepping better. There have been clinics held in Ocala on how to fall from major i think event riders have been putting these on i yeah i think uh our our mutual friend susan uh friedland actually went to one where they had mats and like a little electronic horse and they had to learn to fall yeah i think you're right uh that's 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 something that would also be really fun just to audit (laughs) just watch everybody Go tumbling onto mats. Just laugh at them as they fall. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would laugh, but I would laugh I'm with sure them. I'm sure there's a lot of laughter we've all been there. Like nobody's gonna be able to hold that back. And people are gonna ham it up, right? You're you're gonna have enough people in in the audience or in the, I in would. the participants rather, yeah, that are gonna make it as pratfall as possible and <laughs> explain out. I love a good audience. I always ham it up with the comedy when someone's watching because <laughs> if I don't take myself seriously, then how can you, right? <laughs> um, but no, I think that's really interesting. I feel like I would definitely do one of those clinics. I think I could probably use one of those clinics anyway, just yeah, because I'm not skilled. I think I could too. And wouldn't that be great to explain to your family you're like, oh, uh, I will be gone at a riding clinic all day on Saturday. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm falling off repeatedly. Yes, I'm paying money on purpose. to fall off over and over again. <laughs> no one would ever understand it. Well, and, and 
I mean, I don't think my kids would question anything at this point, but... <laughs> but try to imagine, you know, like, my, your my in-laws twins. at Thanksgiving, how you would explain, like, what you did <laughs> over your break. They'd be like, but aren't you supposed to learn to stay on the horse, honey? <laughs> yes, Karen. Thanks for that. Um, well, and it's... So my twins have both fallen off. They fell off when they were younger. Like, one was six, one was eight, right? So they've... They've been there, done that. My oldest daughter, because she started in a therapy writing program, she started at four. You know, they do everything they can to keep her from falling off. So now she's got this point where she's been writing for nine years and never fallen off. And I am honestly really frightened. I want her to fall because I feel like when she does, it's going to be such a big deal right. now. Um, It's like this false sense of security. Yeah. And she needs to learn how to like take a hit yeah that you know it's so funny if that happens to kids there's some kids that have a lucky star and you worry about them like when is something going to go wrong and how are they going to react um and uh that's a very physical version of that <laughs> she's a i think that, i think that a falling off clinic would be a tremendous idea for her that or get her on a balance beam and have her tumbling off of that a few times <laughs> yeah i think so i mean she's already so unbalanced because she's got cerebral palsy mm-hmm. so i think people have babied her yeah. and obviously there's liability so of course if she started to fall off somebody would shove her back on but like that could have been such an easy fall, the, you know, the couple of times that they, she'd had it. And so, like, now it's almost like she's a bragging point. And I just feel like that could be if she falls once, like, that could be it for her. And she'll decide never to, to ride again. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know the answer to and that. And I'm worried. That's a tough one. That really. I know. Because it's part of it. It is. Think about the kids' books. They always kind of work in falling, like when the the new kid comes to the riding academy, uh, and there's always some sort of induction to the like Prince of Wales Club or something, you know. And they're like, "Your first fall," and they throw water on you, or they give you a cupcake, or you know, it's it's definitely baked into the experience. And just like you and I both have like a calendar counting down to the next fall so we can get it out of the way if that doesn't say it I don't know what does like you certainly don't drive a car thinking whoo haven't had an accident all year I better be extra careful <laughs> there's another one coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> or, and you don't oh my god if I only rode a horse like I drove oh, a car oh. I'm so sassy driving as you'd you know you'd be a barrel racing champion possibly I mean, a champion I of many things a beast <laughs> I would be a beast <laughs> I would be, yeah, it would be unbelievable. But I don't have the same mentality, yeah. right? Because in, in, in a car, I don't expect to get into an accident. I actually expect to be so awesome, I never have to touch another car, <laughs> right? You would be like... The, My confidence is astounding. The mounted games, if you were in a car, you would just be like, pole bendy, done. Like, <laughs> no one could touch you. <laughs> uh, this is a better lifestyle choice for me than anything else that I could be doing. Because I can do this forever. I can do this until the last day. I don't want... That's the dream. I I just... Look at the queen, right? Look at old queenie. Okay, she's not galloping cross-country, but she's also 
a hundred, like 98. Like she's very old. So I wouldn't have that anticipation. But I wouldn't be mad if at age 70, I'm hopping crossrails. I wouldn't be mad about that at all. I wouldn't be mad if I'm no, walking. No, and, and, and actually, <laughs> I plan, I mean, my, my, my retirement, right? When I'm in my, okay, I'm not going to retire that early. But when I'm even in my 50s, I'll finally have my own farm, right? right. I'm not going to stop riding when I get my own farm. You are I, I plan on, <laughs> sorry, well, I'll, I'll be doing more maintenance. But yeah. I mean, I look at all these women who do like the competitive trail rides, which is really what I want to do. They're in their 50s, 60s, 70s. A lot of my clients are older. It really makes me so happy to see them still really just trucking, enjoying their passion. And it makes me think, okay, even though my hips are failing and I probably have arthritis everywhere and I am obviously not fit, like I can do it too. Yeah. I really, I'm going to put having older role models and conversations with older riders right up there with my preparation with my sticky pants and my deep seated saddle um and my judicious yeah. check of the weather to make sure that it's not going to be crazy windy you know things like that that are going to just put me in a position I don't want to be in uh and if I'm super super careful and I accept that falling off every now and then is part of the game I can be one of those women in my 70s, hopping on my horse. That's so much better than the alternative that I think it's worth the anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, my preparation is a little different because my horses are pretty bomb proof when it comes to weather and they're not super spooky at like sounds and sights and things like that. Um, I think for me, my preparation would be working on balancing exercises for myself in and out of the saddle because I am unbalanced. I think that's a great idea. And that's something I could definitely work on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that way, if my horse does move suddenly out from underneath me, I am with them, right? Like I'm with them or I can be a little bit more bottom heavy and land hopefully on my feet or roll rather than landing on my back. Yeah. And then I think for me, it's like the groundwork, like the more I do groundwork with my horses, the more I do the liberty work with my horses, the more I fine tune my communication with them. So I catch something before it gets big. Yeah. Yeah, I really my I like all of your ideas and I'm going to steal them because my stuff is (laughs) my stuff is really immediate because I'm not a huge planner because I'm generally overwhelmed all of the time and so I just say I'm gonna pull my breeches and go outside and uh I need to do more of that I need to do more of that groundwork I need to do more work on myself as soon as you said balancing so you move with the horse my mind went to the centered riding clinics with the little trampolines where you know that was always uh I used to ride with a centered riding instructor when I was a teenager and when they would come and do the clinics with the higher up uh, members of, of the centered riding, I don't want to say cult, organization is a good word for it. <laughs> oh, and the, um, it's a great cult. I mean, it's fantastic as cults go. But there was a, there was always that component with a small trampoline. And somebody, you would, somebody would hold your hands like you were holding the reins. And then you would work side to side, doing all these different things to maintain your center. And that feels very specifically like something that could come into play 
as part of moving with your horse to prevent or anticipate the potential for a fall. I like this idea. You've given me something to work on. No, I think that's great. And just so you know, too, like women, our center of gravity is like below our belly button. Oh, I think my center of gravity right? is down by my and... feet at this point. Like it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> but it's in your hip. That's why you keep landing on oh, it. Oh, my hips um, hurt right now. Well, and, and so <laughs> I feel like that's something that is that we can all work on a little bit. Even you don't at a walk at home, you could do nice, you know, kind of, you can even get one of those big balls and just work on your core. Who was that? I was talking to someone the other day and they were sitting on their equisizer while on a zoom call. Holy cow. And it's like, you could do all these things at home too, before you even get to the Have barn that helps you keep you stronger. Balls pop on you. Cause I have, have I had one of the balls pop on me? Yeah. Is that what you just yeah. said? Uh, no. Okay. So, but I'm guessing you have time. <laughs> Can I hear the story? <laughs> oh my god! So I was I was with my first social media job. So it was my first office job, and I was in our office with my you know graphic designer team and all of these professional people. And I felt very pro for the first time in my entire life. I had an iMac and a network password and a dress on, and I was sitting on a ball because. For the first time in my life, I was sitting at work and it hurt. And there was a bang and I was on the floor. And I just sat there on the floor while everyone turned like, what? And God bless them, no one laughed until I did. Uh, which I deeply appreciate. That was your... Was that your first day? No, no, thank God. Oh my God, no. Oh, thank God. It was like, it was like three months in, probably. I was pretty established. Everyone knew me. Uh, and yeah. I don't know. I'm just like imagining this like you I mean if that's not a metaphor for riding horses, I don't know what is. <laughs> it was like underneath, that it underneath you one minute and then the next you're on the ground. Uh, you know what so, that is too? That's proof it can happen anywhere. And there's no point in not riding because you're afraid of falling because your goddamn desk chair could kill you too. <laughs> Might as well die doing something fun, God damn it. Exactly. <laughs> wow. No, um, I've never had that happen to me, but I actually did see a video because I'm taking my trailer in to get assessed, and they were like, whatever you do, don't kick the tires. And I was like, what? Apparently, you don't kick the tires. Par you got to take like like a hammer or something like that because if the tire goes and it blows up you're gonna lose a hand oh my god that's very scary like the psi is so big yeah well and uh, again this is from like a truck driver right, right? telling me this and i'm like oh, oh i've been doing this for like two truck years. drivers also let their tires go until they <laughs> explode on the road anyway i mean all over the road yeah. so they kind of have a different relationship with rubber than we do where they're used to it being desiccated and falling <laughs> apart i know but that scared the bejesus out of me so now i don't want to go kick my tires now i'm going to take like a like a tool and just poke them real heavy oh i'm gonna hire um, someone from to like do a it. i don't want to go anywhere near that now <laughs> i'm gonna get a kid oh no i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> take it into a place but i just don't know if i should drive it there so i got to check the tires before i take it off property because it's it's been sitting for about eight months yeah. but i don't want to start taking delight off property which i'm planning on doing hence 
Hence, this is the theme of this episode because I'm terrified of the unknown. But uh, yeah, so I'm going to have someone come and maintain the trailer. And in fact, who is it? Horses in the Morning just published an episode all about trailer maintenance and how often it should get done. So I was like, oh, I'm real bad at that. Yeah. I need to do that. You have a truck. I have a trailer. Seems like <laughs> That's a dream. the way it always works out. We're two halves of a whole, <laughs> Natalie. This segment is brought to you by Running Out Equestrian. While they are best known for their jumpsuits, they have released an amazing schooling collection of shirts and breeches with color-blocking design for the ultimate comfort and flattering fit. The jogger breeches are comfortable enough to go from barn to the street with an adjustable drawstring waist and soft material that is durable and yet super flattering. Mix and match with your favorite Reading Oat shirt available in a variety of colors that you can wear alone or under your favorite Reading Oat outerwear. I want to shift gears a little bit because lately in social media, I've been seeing more and more people calling out toxicity or terrible traditions in the horse world, you know, barn drama or like actually on social media calling out people in comments for the things that they do rather than just asking a question. And I was just wondering if you had a thought about whether it's helpful or hurtful for the equestrian world as a whole to keep like air our dirty laundry (laughs) like this so publicly. Right. I think that there's a way to do it. And I don't believe social media is a constructive way to um, to sort of engage in in social combat. Is that does that make sense? There yes. are established ways to make statements. You can even you know write a blog if something really offends you. You don't have to get into comments and be an anonymous random person that doesn't know somebody or anything about their background, and suddenly say, this is wrong, this is cruel, you're a bad human, here's why. And that's what I see on social media. And that is 100% ineffective. It doesn't, nobody is going to read a comment on a picture of them riding their horse and say, oh, I had no idea, I will change my ways forever. Did you, does that work when you go to dinner and your racist uncle says something and you call him out on it? Does he say, oh, I had no idea I was being racist. I will never tell that joke again. No, of course it doesn't. <laughs> That's not how people learn. He, he like drills down and gets more in yeah, his Yeah, he's ways. like, wow, I had no idea. It was so much fun being racist around you because it freaks you out, right? So now he knows your people buttons. People do not learn through conflict, just like horses do not learn through conflict. So making educated statements about yourself is a great way to not call people out but sort of make people maybe think about the way that they are acting and behaving in their own lives it's a repetitive process we're a hidebound traditionalist society horse people more than any other we do things because our trainers did them and we worshiped our trainers whether they deserved it or not and then as we grow up Um, And we encounter different horses and different ways of doing things. We have, we all come to our own conclusions. There's no governing body or a textbook, you know, that's really saying this is how horses work. It's like the school of life. I I don't know. I'm a big proponent of living by example. That's it. That's a much easier way of saying what I just said. I don't. 
No, I, but I, I'm in complete agreement with you. Like I, I feel like I'm not going to now listen. I love good gossip. Okay. Of course. But I don't want to be the gossip. I don't want to start the Mm -hmm. gossip. I don't even want to spread the gossip, but, and on social media, it can be such a toxic place, but it can be such a wonderful place too. And I feel like there's some people out there who are leading the charge and trying to change our relationship with horses for the better or educate like with the, the new saddle fit kind of um, way of go- doing right. things. Right. It's different than the old way, which has been done for so long and training and, and all of these wonderful things that's changing. And those people do take a lot of heat, which is unfortunate because there are some people who really don't like change and that's okay. Cause no one's telling you that you personally can't, do it that way we're just saying like hey did you know there's a better way of doing things yeah and yeah i just i i feel like even publicly if i if i were to get a troll right which every once in a while it happens somebody says something snotty or whatever i don't respond to that i don't send a video in response and like amp it up (laughs) right and i feel like that makes it so much worse it's like yeah okay let's we don't have what I say is not going to solve that problem. It's like talking to a wall. And again, this, as you said, this anonymous person. So um, all that being said, I did one time get really heated because someone said something about my daughter and I flipped out. I was like, listen, you're going to shut that shit down because she did not ask for your opinion Mm -hmm. and you don't know anything from a 30 second video and you're welcome to stay here. But if you do any more of that, then you're free to leave. And that was it. And it was in a comment and, and um, you know, I don't think it was meant with ill intent, but it's one thing to say something about me and I'm happy to take it. Like I'm a big girl. I just feel like there's a lot of change in the equestrian world that's happening right now. And there's, I think it's any industry. There's, there's bad eggs and there's good eggs and there's, so it's just really hard to see it kind of wash out on social media and it's not really giving us a good look. It's not. Social media is social media is a failure. Let's be real. I owe my entire career to social media. It's I can straight up say it's a huge freaking failure and I wish it would go away. And also, thank you. I love my job. Um because because public <laughs> public negativity sucks. And people just keep engaging with it without any sort of self-awareness that they would hate it if it was turned on them. I don't understand that logic. If I want to be negative about somebody, and believe me, I enjoy being negative about somebody as much as the next person. You have some great opinions. I (laughs) private chat that shit just like I would have done if I was whispering in somebody's ear when I was 15. And I'm not afraid to admit that because I know everybody does it. We all have opinions. But you don't have to be a public jerk about them either. You could just mind your own business and whisper to your friends in private. You could even be a bigger person. Not that I know how to do that. You could be a bigger person and just ignore (laughs) it. You know, you have the capability. You could yell at your husband about it, which I do occasionally also. Um, But to to go public and and, and go after people you don't, or people you do know, God, why? What what are you doing? What don't you have things to do? Don't we all have just way too much stuff to do <laughs> to be to be causing fights? It's so strange. 
And this is something I tell my kids all the time. I said, be careful what you write because tone in a message like a text or an email has gotten me into more trouble than anything else because people assume I'm saying something in a way I'm not intending. The the whole internet movement going back however long is that it has been a written word medium. And even now, even now that everybody wants us to, to make videos, we comment with written words, right? But the average reading comprehension in the United States, not to mention the world at large, is something like fifth grade. The it's it's not high. So you have a lot of people who are not necessarily schooled in how to write, how to understand nuance, how to read um how to read tone. And there's just they're writing and reading all of the time uh, and misunderstanding each other and making bad points and causing trouble because it's not their forte. And it's so easy to do it. Social media has made it so easy for us to put our opinions out there. Uh, and and so I, I agree. I, I think I think it's kind of toxic um, when it calls when it comes to like calling other people out on social media and doing it in a public way because there are better ways to do it. Uh, and I don't know about you, but I get real defensive if someone criticizes me and comes at me real hard, right? Yeah, and Come to me have that privately. Right. Come to me and tell me that you have concerns or that there was something that you didn't understand or that maybe you, maybe you saw something and you weren't sure about it. Like, let's talk all day about it. Sure. But don't come at me publicly and be like, you're terrible. You don't know how to ride or, you know, I'm just making things up because people assume that because I'm a timid rider that I don't, I'm not capable, which is not the case, but it it, it can be really hurtful. And I think like, if we want to make the equestrian world better, we've got to all be better. Like it starts with us. Right. And if you can't build somebody up, then just move on and ignore them because you're not getting points. There's no point system. You're not going to get cash for comments. <laughs> Those days are past. <laughs> so well, and it's, it. it really shows their insecurity. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Go live your life, man. Yep, I'm gonna live. Mine. <laughs> <laughs> Go live your life. End of story. <laughs> adulting win of the week, Natalie. Do you have oh, one? Adulting win of the week. I had the farrier out, and uh, I mean that's a good thing. I didn't cry. Um, <laughs> I used to trim my own hooves. There's a severe lack of farriers right now. No, I didn't know that, really. Maybe because I live in the horse capital of the world, it's not really an issue. Yeah. (laughs) I've been talking to – I just talked to my farrier because he came out this week too. Not to digress because I'll make it brief, but he's overwhelmed. Really? He's got over 750 horses on a a six-week schedule, and people are – like there's and we have a lot of farriers in New Jersey, but like either bad clients, right? Their horses aren't ready or they're dangerous or all these things. But like farriers are getting tired. They're getting broken because they're you know, basically like their back is is in an awkward position all these days yeah. or whatever. So up here we're actually really struggling to find good farriers. And I asked him, I said, Well, when I go to Vermont, he goes, Ha 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 ha. Good luck. He said, I might have to see if I can find one for you. Wow. Like that's the conversation. My my th- my thing is I I did used to trim my own horses when I had brood mares and just like one project horse at a time. I learned to trim 
uh, I studied it. I studied really hard. I didn't study like out of school, although I would have loved to have done that. That's really cool. I find it very satisfying. And so one of the first things I did when Ben arrived was I made sure that I had a set of tools and I was ready to go. And then I immediately hurt my back, not trimming, but doing, you know, sitting probably living my life. I hurt my back. My sciatic Mm -hmm. nerve has been a complete disaster all summer. And so I had to make the very grown-up decision of paying somebody to do a job that I enjoy doing myself because I physically can't do it. Sucks to recognize that. Sucks more to pay for it. <laughs> but I Yeah, do... but you always wanted to have a guy. You wanted to have a I guy do. to do things. And I have a girl. That's your guy. A girl to do my oh, horse's hooves, which is better. she's super cool, super nice. And she greeted me the other morning. Uh, she got out of her car and I, I walked Ben up and she said, hey, Natalie. And I said, hey, Izzy. And she said, do you write books? And I <gasps> said, uh, yes, I do write books. She said, I was with a friend the other day and she had a book and I kept looking at the name on that cover. And I said, I, I think I know that person. <laughs> And, the, and her friend said, oh, yeah, this is the first book I've read by her. It's pretty good. She really knows about horses. And then she said, and then I texted you the next day. And I said, oh, my God, I have to ask her. That's the same name. So I uh, I said, oh, my God, I am amongst my that people. That is cool. <laughs> you, bet you are a celebrity. Like, that's that's a cool win. So you had a farrier come out and she recognized you from Isn't a Isn't that wild? How cool is that? Yeah, my horse famous dream. That's pretty awesome. true. <laughs> hey, you know, if that's not a win, I don't know what is. So that is pretty cool, though. And I think it's pretty awesome that you have a female farrier because there's not as many of them as as there are. I do know of several, but uh, it's still very much a male dominated. It is cool. And she's she's really accomplished. She's very good at her job. Um, we talked about a particularly horrifying uh, Instagram picture from Spring Hill Equine, which is a nearby veterinary agency, and they have a pretty established um, social media presence where they post like, what's going on here? And it's some horrific photo. And then the next day they post an update. And there was one that had just half of the hoof to brided. And it was just, oh, it was nauseating. And I, and I, I said, I'm really worried about white line and these pictures from Spring Hill are not helping. And she said, oh, that one with half the hoof taken off? I said, yeah. She said, yeah, I worked on that. (laughs) I was like, well, that's impressive. (laughs) So I actually am less worried about white line now because I know that she really recognizes it. (laughs) (laughs) It was a great way of testing your farrier's knowledge. I have a couple of things I'm pretty excited about this week, but I'm going to go ahead and stick to the theme that you started here okay. because I, as I said, my fairy did come out. Fer- uh, Ferris has always had perfect pony feet. I mean, he's barefoot. He's clearly God's favorite and <laughs> delight. However, we've been struggling with and about a year ago, I put four shoes on him and his pain level has reduced significantly. He's built muscle wonderfully. Um, But I had to fire my old farrier because, well, he was super inconsistent and he had thrush, he had white line disease, all this stuff. And he never told me. Oh, I've had. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Right. And so two cycles 
with this new farrier. Two cycles. He has now labeled him with good feet. He had enough hoof that he could change his angles. He has no more thrush, no more white line disease. And he told me too, he wasn't, he, he hadn't been taking on any new clients, but he made an exception for us. And I legit was like, what's your address? I'm sending you like wine. I'm sending you like, I will, I will bribe you to come here every six weeks. Um, but like, I'm so, so flipping happy that like finally after the two years of like delights feet being terrible, they're not only good, but they're on the road to being great. And I'm like, it's a huge relief. That is fantastic. I would absolutely, if not send a fruit basket, put that man on your Christmas list. Like needs to know. For sure. Valued. Oh, he's going to get a tip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I give him cash whenever possible, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but my God, I told him, I was like, I'm not going to hug you because I know it's really inappropriate. <laughs> but I was like, thank you so much. I'm really so appreciative. That's a huge win. Um uh, Huge, huge, huge win. win, huge win. So, um, so yeah. So it's kind of funny that we had a win that was very uncommon this that week. But um, I know. But that that's how it goes. We're like two sides of the same coin, there, Natalie. We are, and I'm very happy both sides of this coin said "good farrier" instead of one of us getting a bad one. <laughs> Thank you for being a little weird with us, Horse Girl. If you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your player of choice. Follow us on Instagram at Adulting with Horses Podcast, or even better, join our Adulting with Horses Clubhouse on Facebook, where you can become part of the show. Also, it's a great place to meet other horse crazy women.